Welcome to the Fire Inside Her podcast, a safe space for leadership, self-care, and community. I'm your host, Diane Schroeder, and it is my privilege to be your guide on the journey to authenticity. When I tell people that I am an introvert, they usually laugh and disagree with me and can't understand how I can function so well as an introvert in an extroverted world. Well, I can tell you, it hasn't always been easy. I've had to work really hard to learn how to be more extroverted and be comfortable in a group setting. I do love people and I don't mind speaking in front of large groups or leading. And for a long time, I tried to fake being extroverted. And really what it led to was burnout and being exhausted and tired all the time. I need my space and my alone time and my quiet time to recharge my batteries. If I go to a party or a function with a lot of people or even conferences, I find that I need a few hours at least at the end of the day or a couple days after the conference or event to recharge and really reconnect with myself. And that's okay. There is no shame in that. I think extroverts typically are thought of as being the best leaders because they're opinionated, they speak up, they're the first to raise their hand. And what I've learned over the years is introverts bring just as much value and oftentimes they have a different perspective and insight just because they don't speak up right away because they may take time to think about the question or think about the topic that's being discussed doesn't mean they don't know what they're talking about or they're not paying attention. I loved this conversation with my guest this week because she also is an introvert in a very extroverted world. She talks about how being sensitive and being an introvert is really a superpower and being able to walk into a room and take the energetic temperature by just listening and feeling and not necessarily diving right into it, but taking a step back and observing. I think this is really a gift as leaders because one of the most challenging parts of being a leader is taking a step back and viewing the bigger picture. It's really easy to get caught up in the weeds and being very task oriented and focusing on the task at hand so much so that you forget to take a look at the bigger picture. And one of the gifts of being introverted is that just happens naturally. (laughs) There's a fabulous author by the name of Susan Cain, and she wrote the book Quiet, the Power of Introverts. I'll put the link in the show notes. Highly recommend it. It's a fantastic book. Jeannie Scott is an actor, empowerment coach, and breathwork facilitator. As an actor, Jeannie understands what it is to be exhausted and hiding in an industry built for extroverts. For years, she hid behind an extroverted mask, regularly burning out and feeling lost and stuck in cycles of self-sabotage. She used mindset and embodiment tools to change her own life, and now she helps others do the same. She is on a mission to empower and amplify female introverted voices in traditionally extroverted spaces. 
so they can create confidence their way and make an impact without burning out. This is a lovely conversation and Jeannie is my first international guest. I hope you enjoy. Well, hello, Jeannie. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm excited for a lot of reasons. First, because you do something in a niche that's so important for us introverts out in the extroverted world. And you're my first international guest on the show. So it's very exciting. Um, I start every episode with a random question. And my random question for you is, would you rather live to be a thousand or live to a hundred ten times? Ooh, live to 110 times. Absolutely. How come? I think it's the INFJ in me or the multi-passionate, but I love trying things and starting things over. I recently just chopped off all my hair just for, you know, life. I am an actress. I love reinventing myself. So the chance to reinvent myself like 10 times, that'd be awesome. I agree completely. That was my answer without hesitation when my girlfriend asked me that. I'm like, Oh, because, you know, you want to get it right the next time or do it different the next time or take bits and pieces. Yeah. Or make all the same mistakes, but just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Realize that maybe those weren't such terrible mistakes along the way. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you went from being an actor to coaching and breath work and all the stuff. Okay, so I'm Jeannie, as in In the Bottle or From the Lamp. I am an actress, I'm an empowerment coach and a breathwork facilitator. And I work with high achieving introverted women who are working traditionally in extroverted spaces, who have got to a point in their career where they're feeling so burned out and so exhausted. And it's as a result of trying to live in a way that is extroverted and completely outside of our natural skill sets and our natural strengths. And the reason that I kind of fell into this really was because I did exactly the same thing. Um, Being an introvert actress, I'm sure there are lots of us out there, but a lot of us are putting on this mask of extroversion because let's face it, like the world just really isn't set up for us introverts. Considering... One of the misconceptions is that, you know, we're an anomaly and it's just really not the case. Loads of people are introverts. And I think especially coming out of the pandemic in the last few years, I think it's awakened a lot of awareness in people that maybe didn't have it before. And that's what happened to me. I am a uh, fixer. I am a let me just slot in and make things easy for everybody. I did that my whole life and I pretended to be an extrovert because that's what I had to do. And the pandemic awakened this understanding in myself of like, oh, I'm not just pathologically lazy. Like I, I need to, <laughs> people just exhaust me. I love them, but they exhaust me. And how I came into actually coaching was, again, it was a discovery in the pandemic. I think it, again, it was this kind of great awakening for a lot of people. We went into lockdown and my career, my acting career had effectively kind of come to a standstill um, and that was scary and I, it was in that stage where I think a right. lot of people were, not only in the acting industry but in lots of industries where everyone was like, <gasps> okay, now what? And uh, I did the thing that I do best, yes. which is be like, right, okay, what are we going into? Um, and I c- considered a career in coding for all of like seven hours. <laughs> 
realized I have absolutely no technical <laughs> skill. And um, yeah, and then just discovered this world of coaching, which I just hadn't known about. I'd always thought of being a life coach as something that like a celebrity had in the 90s, you know, and like told people to drink green juice. I, I had no idea. And then it kind of came to me and I, I realized that this yes. is, you know, something that I, I'd always, I've always loved helping people I've always loved making people feel better and this was just the way that I could do that it's beautiful and I'm sure in the five minutes that you told your story there's a lot more to it when you were describing you know always being kind of like a fixer and helping people and making things better that's what I've done for my entire professional career as a firefighter that's you know what we do we're problem solvers we fix people's Mm -hmm. problems and I realized I was an introvert I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, I did the same thing. I took the Myers-Briggs and then I started taking a bunch of other personality tests because no one would believe me when I'm like, man, I'm an INFJ as well. And I love people, but they drain me. And I love my alone time. And I think there's a lot of like shame around being introverted that in this highly extroverted world to be not that way. And I think you can help me with this. The way I describe it is it's how you recharge your batteries. Extroverts can just be around people all the time and that fills their cup and it's like this putting gas in the machine always. And introverts, we don't mind people, but we need to be by ourselves to recharge our batteries. Absolutely. Yeah, that's entirely the way that I see it. And um, introverts also process a lot of stuff internally where extroverts process it externally. So for example, like it may really help an extrovert if they're like throwing ideas around to have somebody there to kind of throw ideas at and see what works and kind of bring it out of themselves. Whereas a lot of processing that introverts do is very internal. So there's a lot, a lot going on. We've got incredibly rich inner worlds and that's not to say that extroverts don't, but introverts have incredibly rich inner worlds. Um, But from the outside, it can look like you're just being antisocial or you're not talking or you're shy. And that's not necessarily true. Being shy and being an introvert aren't the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and even like in meetings, it's changed the way I lead a little bit or a lot of it because what I've noticed, not everyone speaks up in a meeting if you're introverted because you haven't had that time to internally process and just like think through everything or overthink everything in my case before Mm -hmm. speaking up. And it's not because introverts don't add value or don't have a lot of amazing ideas. It's just the the way the world is designed is not necessarily for introverts to have that input immediately. And what I've started doing is like, all right, for anyone who hasn't spoke up yet, but has ideas later, reach out to me. It's okay. Just giving everyone that space to breathe so that everyone still feels that they're valued and their opinions matter. I love that. I think that's such a lovely way of doing it. And it's really helpful to um, open up the way in which people speak up as well. Because, yeah, people may want to actually speak to you face to face, but people may also not really be able to necessarily articulate themselves that well. Introverts are really great communicators, but, you know, some people just don't find it as easy to put things to voice. Or some people, it might be easier to send you an email because they find it easier to write. So I think that's a really lovely way of just being able to open it out to opportunity for people who process and show up in different ways and contribute in different ways as well. Well, that's the beauty of diversity in a team, you know, to have everyone contributing in the way that works best for them. 
And I think that's a huge paradigm shift in leadership in general. I'm sure through your coaching experience, you've learned that everyone learns differently. They express themselves differently. Just because it's different doesn't take away from their value. Absolutely. In fact, it contributes in so many ways because the way that people do their best is by doing it, by doing it in the way that works best for them, by being completely in alignment with who they are. The reason that somebody isn't performing as well as they can is not because they're lazy or because they're less capable than others. I don't believe that. It's generally because they're not performing in the way that works best for them. Mm -hmm. Meeting people where they're at. And I, I do agree. I think post-pandemic, post-COVID world, things have changed. And that time, that forced alone time, I think gave a lot of people time to kind of reevaluate their values and their processes and finding mm. a different way to do life, whether it's working or in their personal life or, you know, how things were forced to change. And I think that it's been good in that way that it's become more of a conversation now instead of we're just not going to talk about it. Yeah, and there's more people are being taken a bit more seriously when they come up and they say, oh, no, actually, that's not the way that I want to do it. I think pre-pandemic and a few years ago, a lot of people would have been like, yeah, but that, mm -hmm. you know, that's the way that we do it. And there's a kind of shrug off. And I think there is maybe still a tendency to do that. But I think we're a lot more open about people saying, actually, um, no, the, these are my beliefs or this is how I identify. Because it's, it's that identification, isn't it? I mean, we've still got so far to go. Mm -hmm. But but I think that there is, it's opening up that conversation about, no, no, actually, this oh, is yes. the way that I want to be seen. And this is the way that I want to move through the world. And it may not be how you have previously seen or it may not be what this mm -hmm. this company or this corporation is used to but it's this is important to me this is how you get me to perform at my best right well it's a renaissance almost of a different type of energy in the world infusing into it and it's almost like now we being introverts are able to you know honor that within ourselves and i am curious to hear about how that ties into leadership and the gift of being introverted and leading and the sensitivity that a leader has in owning that energy. And, you know, I talk a lot about masculine and feminine energy and it doesn't have anything to do with gender roles, but just having that, you know, I think of sensitivity and leadership, I think of more of a feminine side and approach to things. So please share with me. I'm curious about all of that. So if I guess thinking about sensitivity, I mean, some of the clients that I work with are highly sensitive. As an INFJ, I think you're probably quite highly sensitive as well. And I think for a long time, sensitivity was um, considered weakness. I think those two were going hand in hand. I think about, there's like an episode of Sex in the City where Samantha like cries. She starts crying in a lift. And it's this like huge drama and she's not considered, you know, she, she's embarrassed to do it in front of her male colleagues. And I think that there is still a kind of a, a taboo of, oh, yeah, don't get emotional around. There's so much power to tapping into your sensitivity and not being scared of it and not seeing it as something that is a curse. Empathy, if you are an empath or a highly empathic person, 
that automatically translates to fairness because you can take if you are highly sensitive for example highly sensitive to the feelings of those around you it means that you're walking into a room and you're able to take the energetic temperature of the room and that is such a powerful position to be in especially as a leader because it means that you can judge where people are at and like you said meet them where they're at even if they don't feel comfortable enough to approach you and say Mm -hmm. so for example you saying if you'd like to follow up with me if you have anything that you'd like to say and you have somebody who doesn't feel comfortable doing that maybe they're lacking a lot of confidence in themselves if you are highly sensitive you're probably going to tap into that and it means that you can approach them and say you know what I'm feeling this from you is that right? Is there anything that I can do to help you feel more comfortable to voice your opinions? So that's a really, really powerful place to be in. Another really strong skill and strength of being highly sensitive or being an introvert is really, really good communication skills. We can read, and because we process everything internally, we can read a syntax and tone really, really well, which means, again, you're getting to the nuance of a conversation rather than it being really, really surface level. In a powerful enough position to be able to mm-hmm. read the, the needs of your clients, if you have them, read the needs of your, of your company, if you are a CEO, it means that you're being able to work with people at mm-hmm. a really close level and really be able to understand the people that you're working with. And also, another thing is that you've got a really, really strong level of discernment and you're a great great judge of character meaning that you can build a team around you of people that are going to work so well together somebody new coming in you're going to be able to say okay yeah actually that person's going to work so well with this group of people this person yeah they look great on paper and actually they interviewed really really well but know that that person just isn't going to fit with the rest of your group so having that that strong sense of sensitivity and being able to take that emotion that that energetic temperature is so so powerful for you as a leader if you're leading a team but also if you are leading a movement head of any kind of movement and saying okay this is the the energy of where we are this is the energy of the world how can we take this movement further so yeah it just puts you i think in a really really powerful position if you are able to tap right. into that sensitivity Obviously, there are there are things that you want to be aware of. Like you said, I'm an overthinker. That's such a rabbit hole that we introverts can fall down because we process everything internally. It's very easy mm-hmm. to kind of keep that internal and then become overwhelmed by it. So it's important to kind of keep that in check. Again, the sort of um, the taking the emotional temperature thing, it's very easy. I think a lot of empaths or a lot of people who are, quite sensitive to other people's feelings that can feel quite overwhelming especially if it's not something that you are um especially if you don't have like an end a a practice and energetic cleansing practice or, or whatever it is put you in a really really powerful position as a leader to be able to tap into that Mm Hmm. for me learning those are my superpowers of trust, trusting my intuition and my gut and following that and believing in that. And then, you know, kind of like dipping my toe in a little bit to, to build that confidence of 
you know what, I, I, I've i got a feeling and going through with that, I think it builds a safe space for my team as well. I, I think the biggest struggle is to kind of drop the ego. Can't be sensitive and I love the energetic temperature. I love that so much. And take that if you have an ego, if your ego is working over time, because your ego is going to be working against your intuition. I think that they go against each other. So how do you know if you are an empathetic person? And I ask that because when I realized that I was, you know, sensitive and I could trust my intuition and gut. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I denied it. I said, there is no way. I would joke. My son is very intuitive and I'm like, I'm surrounded by empaths. And I never realized I was one. And then when I kind of had that awakening, I was like, oh man, this is a game changer. So how do people, what can they do to like, have that, you know, yes, I'm intuitive and really sensitive and introverted, empathetic. How do they know they are? Well, I guess, I think maybe there's a slight difference between being, I, I, every, everybody can be empathetic. Everybody has their intuition and everyone can tap into that, like that strong intuitive sense. And I think both of those things are like muscles. They're just about practicing. Practicing being empathetic and you know what? Sometimes you might get it wrong. You know, I think especially with the empathetic thing, it's about really learning to listen and hear people because a lot of people will listen but not hear. Mm-hmm. A lot of people won't even bother listening and they'll nod along or pretend, but they're not actually listening. And I think that is such a powerful skill to learn is to learn how to really listen and to really hear people. Because if you're listening and you're hearing, you're a human, you're an animal, it's, it's a natural thing for us to be able to recognize that something in another person because we have seen it in ourselves before. And practicing your intuition and hearing that intuitive voice, first of all, it's about learning to hear that voice because it's quiet and it doesn't shout like the ego. It's not there to be heard. It's just there to kind of, if you want it. And so sometimes you do need to be able to create the space for that voice to be heard, which means, I mean, if you're an introvert, you probably have heard that voice quite a lot um, because the way that it comes out is through those moments of quiet and through those moments of silence. Um, Meditation is a wonderful way of doing it. So hearing that voice, but then actually acting on that voice, that's what builds that muscle. It's about learning that, oh, actually, okay, this voice is here to protect me. This this voice, unlike the ego, it doesn't come from fear. It doesn't come from excitement even. It's just a knowing. And it will get louder and it will start to perk up a bit more. When you mm-hmm. start to trust it, like anything, you know, it's like a friend. You know that friend? that you go to and you're like, oh, my life's so bad uh-huh. about this particular, or, oh, this boy, um, this, um, this, this person hates me, but I really love them. And then the, your friend's like, they're bad for you, leave them. And you're like, yeah, but, oh, and you keep on going back to them. And then your friend's like, I don't want to hear about this anymore because uh-huh. I keep on giving you advice <laughs> and you're not taking it. That's the intuition. You have to listen to that. If you're going to go back to that voice and say, I just want to hear what you have to say, 
you then have to act on it so it's that it's it's the building of that muscle because then that little voice will be like okay fine you trusted me the last time mm-hmm. you did it I'll, I'll i'll perk up again this time i think that's where the empathetic and the um kind of intuitive senses are built whether you are an empath or not i think I don't, I really don't know how you know whether you are. I think you just know. I didn't even know that it was a thing until maybe like three or four years ago. And when I heard it was a thing, I was like, bloody hell, that's me. Ever since I was a child, I've been able to really, (laughs) really strongly feel other people's emotions almost and be very affected by other people's emotions um and I thought that maybe it was just because I was a nice person (laughs) but I think there, you know there are so many lovely people out there who just don't necessarily feel it in that way so I think if you can if you know that when you are around even if it's around certain people maybe people that you're really close to and they are feeling something and you are very affected by that I'd say that there's probably a strong chance that you are an empath I don't know if I answered your question sorry no no you did I think I asked like 10 questions wrapped up in one question because my mind my mind is spinning about 100 miles an hour I agree with that and I think that's beautiful and just that trusting the intuition and I couldn't agree more love how you describe it as being a muscle because that's true and obviously processing it through my lens, um, that I can see that happening. The more I trust my mm-hmm. intuition, kind of, it's still pretty quiet when it speaks, but she's there always, you know, always mm-hmm. there in the background. And when I really hear her is when I carve out time for myself. Most mornings I start with meditation and just some sacred space, quiet time to reflect. Journaling is huge for me because I, I, I prefer to write things down as well. I can write you a letter and really explain how I feel much better than I can talking to you about it because I get confused with my words. The other thing that you said, which really hit a nerve, is that going deep into conversation. You know, I feel like that is me 100%. I will start a conversation with someone and just dive right into the deep end and not think about it because I have zero time in my life for surface, not Oh my God, me too. I am all about, I want to get and to it's, the meat. And it's almost like, it's almost like a, a joke with my partner because <laughs> he's very much an extrovert. We're like polar opposites. And um, we... We went to a like Christmas party with our agent. We both have the same acting agent. And um, he's like their social butterfly, like speaking to everybody, like jumping from different groups. And I found one person took them to a corner and was like, we're going deep. <laughs> Tell yes. me the story of your life. <laughs> yes, that is, that is absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So much for that. I, mm. I hear that. I feel that in my soul. That is exactly how I am. And, and I'm becoming more comfortable with that. I, I realize because there's so much wisdom gained when getting deep with that with people. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And the beautiful thing is that you're allowing yourself to, to do what you feel best. And the way... And, you know, extroverts, they they gain that connection from 
those small moments of conversation and meeting lots of people. But the way that you are gaining connection with people is by going super deep. So it doesn't serve the other person in the conversation and it doesn't serve you by you going in and pretending to be something that you're not. Exactly. I, oh, that's, I love it. Thank you for sharing all of that. I, I'm curious also to know more about your acting. Are you film, TV, stage? When I was in high school, I loved drama so much. I am a huge fan of musical theater and theater in general. It just, oh, it, it fills my cup. I um, was also an athlete in high school. And so my dad really was confused that I wanted to do drama and play sports. And so he always really pushed me more towards the sports thing. But what I found is what drama gave me in my teens was a strong foundation to use my voice and to not be afraid of public speaking and to really, you know, express who I was. And the friendships that I, you know, my drama friends are still my friends now, 30 years later. So tell me more about that. Tell my audience all the good things about your acting. Well, I, I mean, I've done a few things. Don't Google my name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pre predominantly the stuff that I've done is mm -hmm. theater and I've done a few like radio plays and things like that. I've done like a couple of short films, but it's one of those questions that like any actor... <laughs> Actually, not any actor, but like a lot of actors, if you ask them, oh my God, you're an actor? Have you seen, I have like, what have you done? It's like, you know, okay. stone <laughs> drops in the stomach. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no, I, I absolutely love it. I completely adore it. I love all of, I mean, musicals just fill my mm -hmm. soul. I, oh, I'm just obsessed. But going to what you said about, about, drama in school what I think is so gorgeous and a lot of people say I think a lot of people are very fascinated by actors if you're not an actor and a lot of people are um kind of within a bit like oh I loved drama and I did this and then they and so that's where that fascination comes from and I think it's because what's gorgeous about drama and acting is that it is just a complete license to play. Yes. And it is, if you want to get in contact with your inner child and play with your inner child for a bit, acting and drama is the way to do it. And I incorporate a lot of like acting, the kind of ethos of drama and play mm -hmm. in the coaching that I do because I think it's so important. A huge way that I live my life is to not take myself too seriously yes. because <laughs> life is way too serious to take yourself too seriously. Agreed. I think why so many people love drama and loved loved it at school and um, are fascinated by actors because it is, it's a license to actually to play mm -hmm. and to do things that maybe you wouldn't do in real life to play characters to to especially if you're somebody like yourself, who's an INFJ, we're naturally very curious about people. It's it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to try different characters on yeah. for size. Tried like we were talking about at the beginning to continuously like reinvent yeah. yourself. So I feel I feel so privileged to be doing mm -hmm. this as a career and and to be doing coaching as well. I feel incredibly privileged to do the jobs that I do. 
I think that's why a lot of people love it so much is because it's just you can just just look like an idiot yes. and cry and it's licensed to feel and feel your emotions because so many people are so scared of feeling emotions and are holding on to so much it's just a license to be uh-huh. human in a world that doesn't really support you just being a human right uh, that is that is beautiful do you have a favorite play or musical not necessarily that you are even in but just one that you're really a fan of that you love that's you know in your top three I mean I'd be lying if I didn't say Hamilton <laughs> that is that is true um Hamilton uh Hades Town yeah yeah oh my god Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um there was an incredible play on in London um which I I think goes to the US oh my god I don't I don't know how it would translate to the US but I think they could do it it was called to all of the black boys who have ever considered suicide when the going gets when there's something's rough or something but it was like it was absolutely incredible it was one of those plays that you in the space of three minutes you go through the entire spectrum of the human experience oh, wow. crying laughing side hurting because you're laughing so much and then you're bawling and then you hate yourself and then you love the world and oh yeah to all the black boys who have ever considered suicide when the hue gets too dark oh wow okay Incredible. Okay, I. It's incredible. Wow, I'm gonna have to check into yeah. that. Uh, last night we just went to go see 1776. It was a revival, and it was an all woman cast of women, or trans, non-binary, and it was beautiful. Mm. It was powerful. It was. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. I would put it right up there with Hamilton and Hades Town, and just this incredible cast and. The way the they wrote it and the the songs, it was just mm, it was lovely. So if it makes its way over there, I highly recommend it as well. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, anything that it just just gives a good old gut punch. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. some of that. Well, it makes you feel, and I think that's the beauty of theater or watching art in motion is because it makes you feel and that's it it can either through feeling like I can see myself in their position or just you know taking special moments and what a powerful superpower speaking of that actors have in doing that is just Mm -hmm. on the receiving end of it just like wow I feel that in my soul and that's just such a great gift to have oh yeah it's a privilege to be able to act as almost like a vessel for mm-hmm. that for the audience yeah it's a privilege thank you Ooh, what would it be it would be to breathe and that sounds really like ugh and blah but honestly I'd put my hands on her shoulders and I'd just be like breathe it's fine just breathe breathe you don't have to hold everything together you really don't It's not all your responsibility. Oh, that's beautiful. That's powerful. Well, Jeannie, thank you so much. And I will put in the show notes how everyone can find you. Do you have a a favorite, preferred place where people can reach out and connect to you? Instagram's always a good place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to this episode. I know how valuable time is, and I'm so grateful 
you have given me part of your time. Curious on what to do next? Go ahead and follow wherever you're listening to this podcast so you can get updates each week when new episodes are released. And head on over to thefireinsideher.com slash audio for a free audio to help you get started on your self-care journey. Until next time, be brave, be kind, and be authentic.